Hello and welcome to Mad as Hell, a podcast exploring topics in psychology, mental health, and cognitive science. I'm your host, Talon Byram, and this is episode three, an introduction to the magic model, and it is a practice episode. I am starting a discipline called Magic Studies. The aim of this discipline is to describe experience in an evocative and memorable way and to provide guidance to people of all ages in the forms of fairy tales, spells, myths, and folklore. I have written an introduction to what I call the magical model of understanding experience and cognition, which I will explain in a moment. Numerous spells, enchantments, and instructions have been uploaded to a Tumblr, which can be found at here and now. I am in love.tumblr.com. Anyone can participate in magic studies. You can write your own myths and fairy tales with illustrations to go along with them if you like. Try to describe situations which you have had difficulty with in a vivid way, incorporating magical creatures, spirits, and forces. Not only is this practice healing, but it is also instructive to others, limitless in potential, and a joy to read, engage with, and put into practice. If you would like to write a fairy tale, spell, curse, potion, ritual, fable, or instructions on how to deal with a particular kind of spirit or creature that you would like to submit to the podcast, please send me an email at talonmd at gmail.com. As I said earlier, I have developed something I am calling the Magical Model of Understanding Experience and Cognition, or simply the Magic Model. It uses the language of magic, sorcery, enchantments, potions, fairies, gods, devils, demons, angels, and elves to communicate ethics, instructions for coping with difficult situations, and easily remembered and very vivid descriptions of sense experience and how it relates to the material world. There is currently no coherent account of how brain activity and experience connect. Right now, you are hearing disturbances in the thick fluid that surrounds you, and tiny hairs in your ears are interpreting the waves, and in your head, my exact voice is speaking words that I wrote and recorded in the past. It is as though I am haunting you right now, using my voice to evoke ideas, thoughts, and feelings to enchant you into believing what I want you to believe. Over the course of this podcast, I want to show a number of ways in which using the lens of magic on the everyday world is a wonderful, enriching, and healing way of coping with difficulties and fostering compassion for ourselves, others, and our communities and habitats. It is especially strong and rich in metaphors for coping with addictions and mental illness. The magic metaphor explains a wide array of phenomena in very few words and avoids any affiliation with blame. You cannot be blamed for being haunted by ghouls or pixies, while also not employing the illness metaphor used by the disease model. It effortlessly encourages ethical, pro-social behavior and connects self-care, religion, environmentalism, feminism, Buddhism, folklore, and many other dimensions of experience. It brings together a lot of perspectives in a vivid, memorable, easily explained to children and adults in an entertaining way, and it is really fun to imagine. It is also a built-in how-to manual of mental illness and addiction in both oneself and in others. What would 
would you say if I told you that ghosts really do haunt houses, that spirits do live in forests, and that fairies, elves, and trolls are alive and well and living in Iceland, or that myself and a friend had rum and smoked cigarettes with the devil in Reykjavik at a coffee shop called Café Babalu, and that he used the word Kafkik instead of Kafkaesque? You might think me ridiculous or an idiot, someone projecting fairy tales onto real life, and yet I must insist. In addition to the things I've mentioned, there are also spells and curses, prayers and affirmations, potions that work, enchantments that bind, and aphrodisiacs that really do arouse. What on earth am I talking about? Where am I living? What world am I describing? I am describing the world in which we live, the world of lived experience in a given place and time. What is so different about being in a cathedral and on a reserve? A gas station and an expensive hotel bar, a forest and a train yard. What is it about these places that feels so different? If we look too closely at any of these things, they disappear into swirls of lightning, buzzing electricity and proton-neutron clusters whirring in a chaotic flurry of mystery. Looking too closely, where any of us end and the space between us, air is a very, very, very dense fluid, and many small creatures that we routinely swallow in genocidal numbers swim through this fluid we call air, which we are too heavy to float in, except when we we fly, which we do all the time in huge numbers. This fluid can be manipulated by sorcerers to conjure all manner of spirits. A musician might disturb this thick fluid, and as these waves pass you, a spell is cast. What is a song but a magic spell, especially a song performed live in a small group? But this can equally apply to a recording listened to deeply. What is a meal cooked with love if not a spell to bring peace? What is a blowjob if not an enchantment? What is Adderall if not an aphrodisiac? What are psychiatric medications, if not magic potions. Sprinkle some lithium salt on your nerves and your voices will stop. Why? Answer, motherfucking magic potions. What are recreational drugs but trickster spirits, luring unsuspecting humans into rooms of heaven and hell? What is that chill you get in a haunted house? If not a ghost passing through you, why does your mood gently lift as you walk among the trees, breathing in the gentle and interdependent soul and intelligence of the forest. Who was that man in Reykjavik that looked so ordinary and spoke so eloquently of literature and art and grief and love? He was the devil, of course. What are teachers, musicians, and stockbrokers, if not wizards, witches, and sorcerers? Teachers cast spells on students that change their entire lives forever. So do musicians. Stockbrokers use an evil magic to move money into different pots until there's more of it. Again, sorcery. The world of sense experience is enchanted, and we know that. We have looked too closely and seen the cloud of lightning behind the veil of solidity. We know we are living in a dream, a world in which all phenomena exist only as appearances to mind. I will only ever know anything through and with my mind, and so dreams and reality are the same. Nervous activity in response to a given situation. Situation. Waking life is what my nervous system does when I move around. Dreams are what my nervous system does 
happens when I stay still. The world in which we find ourselves absolutely is magic, and people all over the world have known that for millions of years. We've been starting to forget it, but forgetting magic doesn't banish magic. Use your powers for good. A kind word casts a spell of peace, a harsh one a spell of pain. A good deed plants seeds for flowers of goodness and spreads peace, love, and contentment as it cascades. And a bad deed conjures demons to haunt and wound the recipients of your carelessness and cruelty. Thoughts become words, words become deeds, deeds harden into habits and habits harden into character. You are a sorcerer and your power is very great and therefore so is your responsibility. What you do, say, think, and feel matters very deeply and is connected in webs to everything else in this enchanted world. Behind the illusions of birth and death, being and non-being, there is God, and she is smiling. I would like to tell you about some of the applications of the magic model. I'm going to tell you about pixies and ghouls. Pixies take unsuspecting humans to rooms in hell that at first appear to be in heaven, and we call this experience mania. Ghouls eat away the joy and meaning of life and drive the people they haunt to suicide. If you look and listen closely enough when manic or depressed, you can even see, feel, and hear them in your mind's eye, the only eye you have. They are both petty, vicious, and mean-spirited creatures, and they hold grudges for millions of years at a time. If someone crosses either of them, say by plucking a weed the pixies were using, or straying and trespassing on the land of the ghouls in forests, they will haunt that person and drive them to madness. More than this, they will haunt vulnerable descendants and drive them to madness too, delighting in human suffering as they both do. They are not pleased about what we have done to the trees, the oceans and rivers, how we have violently raped the soil for oil to make plastic to use once and throw into the ocean, etc. We phrase this phenomena very boringly by saying, mental illness runs in families, but not reliably and only some of the time. People that are more vulnerable in general seem to get them more often. Psychiatrists are sorcerers, and they use magic potions to ward off the pixies and ghouls. Antidepressants are to ghouls, as garlic is to vampires, lithium to pixies, etc. The love of friends and family, good sleep, diet and exercise, and engaging deeply with one's strengths and community all help us to be less attractive to pixies and ghouls, and to stay at ease and at peace and happy. In addition, trickster spirits are conjured by certain potions like cannabis, LSD is a portal discovered by Dr. Albert Hoffman, MDMA is a love potion, magic mushrooms, we even already call them that, are an older portal, cocaine summons pixies in that they have manic-like effects, etc. Addiction or overuse is when the creatures you've conjured haunt you for a while. Sometimes they go away after getting bored, and sometimes you need sorcery, like the 12-step programs, magic potions, or anti-craving medication, advice from sorcerers. We call them addiction specialists. Magic also is a wonderful way of understanding trauma. 
Trauma is a magic spell, an ancient magic older than animalia or plantae. It is primordial of the stuff of being itself. It surrounds you in a thick cloud of choking smoke and seizes your every nerve with agony, and it is a very, very strong person that does not lash wildly at the cloud in hatred, fury, and horror, and maul whomsoever may be present but unseen. Trauma is an ancient magic, and love is what breaks the spell. The love must be gentle and consistent, as any harshness will conjure trauma's vicious kiss. The love must be rooted in understanding and listening, and the love must be genuine. In the words of a monk, understanding is love's other name. The spell you cast to vanquish trauma requires no incantations, potions, props, or candles, and is done by giving your full attention to the person experiencing it. If you look closely, you will understand. When you understand, and they understand that you understand, trauma's curse is lifted, just for moments at first, but this spell is very easy, and anyone of any age can cast it. Magic can also be used to explain to people to take their medications as prescribed. When you are given a magic potion, boringly referred to as antidepressants, antipsychotics, mood stabilizers, etc., by a sorcerer, pretty badassly called a psychiatrist, a doctor of the mind, you can cast a spell to make them work better. Firstly, the potion will likely come in tablets that you are to take a certain number of times a certain number of times a day. Respect the sorcerer's instructions exactly. If they say to take it at a specific time or with meals, do this precisely. This will help the potion work. Do note, sorcerers work magic, but magic is constrained by many forces. It may take the sorcerer a few tries to get the right potion, amount of potion, or cauldron, or cocktail of potions correct. Be patient and trust in their magic skill. If it becomes apparent that the sorcerer you have contacted is not skilled, consult another, preferably an elder sorcerer. They have seen more. Next, the pills will come in a very clinical-looking orange bottle that is a disguise for them to make muggles okay with them. Put them in a bottle, bowl, or container that is meaningful, beautiful, and simple, and place two tea-like candles on either side. The container should be placed on a shelf against the west wall of where you live, such that the sun shines on your potion all day, charging it with healing love. When it is time to imbibe the potion, light the two candles. They represent yin and yang, good and evil, God and the devil. Visualize whatever is resonant with your heart. Ignore your head. It is prone to delusion and fantasy. Take a room temperature water in a beautiful glass and take the number of tablets instructed to you by the sorcerer. Then, say this incantation in your head while following your breath. There is no need to alter the depth or rhythm of your breath. On the in-breath, say here. On the out-breath, say now. On the in-breath, say in the ultimate. On the out-breath, say I dwell. Note, if you are instructed by the sorcerer to take the magic potion with food, eat this food slowly at the altar with the candles lit, savoring the taste and following the breath in between bites. 
magic can be used to ease the symptoms of depression. There is a spell for the temporary relief of when we are haunted by ghouls, an experience typically called depression. There are many kinds of ghouls. Some can be banished with magic potions we call antidepressants that can be given to us by sorcerers we call psychiatrists, and some can't. The spell to vanquish ghouls gets stronger the more you do it and will have a mild immediate effect, but if you keep doing it, the ghouls will leave you alone a bit more. When haunted by ghouls, one's thoughts and feelings are extremely distorted. We feel we are awful, have always been awful, and will always be awful. Ghouls disguise themselves as thoughts and feelings, using the voices of our parents, teachers, and loved ones to shame and humiliate us. If you listen closely, you will notice they cannot use your voice. The voice in your head that spews hatred and violence at you is not in your own voice, and you are not this voice. That is a veil the ghouls throw on you. Engaging with these thoughts and feelings with rumination makes them worse. It is what the ghouls are counting on. Instead, throw yourself into your behaviors. Wash the dishes with utter attention. Go for a walk even just to the street and back at first. Do any task that you can manage, and you will align cognition and action and begin to feel better. As you practice casting this spell, you become more skilled at it, and the magic it conjures grows. A thought is not a fact. A feeling is not a fact. An action is a fact. Stay with the facts, and the ghoul's curse is momentarily eased. An incantation to make the spell stronger is said either aloud or in your head, in the rhythm of your breath, just as it is in this moment. No need to make your breath any deeper or change its rhythm. On the in-breath we say, here. On the out-breath, we say now. On the in-breath, we say present moment. On the out-breath, we say wonderful moment. This incantation can be repeated as many times as you like. Saying it once will have a mild effect, and using it as a mantra will have a more profound effect, which is proportional to the time spent saying the incantation. That is, ten minutes of spellcasting is more than five. Twenty is stronger, it summons more protective spirits, elves, and creatures than ten, etc. There is no end to the phenomena that can be explained and expressed in the language of sorcery, and this model helps connect science, experience, spirituality, and the daily practice of living in a lush, florid, and enchanting way. We are already living in a magical world. That fact is all around us. Saying that things work by magic is not a cop-out, it is the simple truth. The word placebo is a clinical-sounding term for works by magic or suggestion, and is known and used in every every science experiment, because science knows that magic exists and that it exerts a discernible effect, which we have boringly labeled the placebo effect for spells that help, and the nocebo effect for curses that hurt. Saying that things are magic is not a way of avoiding describing them fully, it is an avenue towards it. By honoring the magic that is already there, we can allow ourselves to relax, to smile, and to savor our times with our loved ones, and our time spent idly in moments of quiet solitude. 
To wrap up the episode, please enjoy a magic spell I wrote to summon the spirit of hope called Fall Like Stars. If you close your eyes while the song is playing and gently hover your attention on your breath, a variety of images will play before you. I promise that whatever you see is what you're meant to be seeing. The song was written and recorded by myself, Calder McKenna, Ian Penner, and Jay Holdsworth at Beach Road Studios. It was recorded and mixed by Siegfried Meyer and mastered by Troy Glesner. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. I hope you are, and that you stay mad as hell. Oh, 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 oh.
More than this, I'm proud of you. You take the heat of the sun, the weight of the 